All right. 2024. It's happening. It's going down. It's going down in 2024. It's going down. 2023 was a year of reformation, and we had about 53 sermons on reformation. Um, and it turned out that everything the Lord wanted to say to us was he said it, and it was right on time, week after week after week after week. We didn't even know. We got all of the sermons in December of 2022, 2023. Every week, it was the spot on. I mean, I just wrote them all out, whatever the Lord said, 2022 plus, and wrote them all down. The last couple of ones, it was two of them extra. One, a Sunday I should have had off that I didn't get off, and the other one was it was 53 Sundays and not 52. And even those two were spot on for what the Lord wanted to do and what he wanted to say. Our last couple of services have been high in the spirit of the Lord um, with reformation through worship, reformation through the anointing, uh, reformation through revival. And if you haven't been here, you missed some transformative moments. And I'm not even sure if you could handle what we get ready to do. And I tried to warn y'all. I tried to warn you. I said, next year, I kind of see where I think the Lord has taken us. You need to be in place. Not just your bums in the seats, but you need to be in place. Because uh, this year is going to have a lot to do with things that are well over your pay grade. They over my pay grade, too, so don't, don't feel bad. Twenty twenty four appears for this house. I can't speak for nobody else's house. This is just my house, okay? These my my sheep. I don't know what everybody else is saying, but everything we say for this house has fit this house. That's all I could ask for, right? Okay, that's it. All right. Um, so this year in twenty twenty four, we had a meeting on Saturday for leadership, and I had to introduce a concept that I needed all of our leaders to buy into. And, and that is a year of service where our entire congregation will serve every Saturday morning for the entire year. If you got anointed, if you was a new creature, if God is a priority, this should be exciting. If you and yours is the priority, this is a burden. This is taking up your time to rest, to get ready for the next week. Y'all love saying that. I got to get ready for the next week. And no matter what you do, you still can very well not be ready for the next week. But whatever. <laughs> you know, so this year is, is really about serving. And as you can see, we had a year of reformation. If you are not reformed, you are not going to like 2024. Not here, you're not. Because when I was growing up in the Lord, this is the kind of stuff I did. Every weekend was for the Lord. When I wasn't at work, I was doing stuff for the Lord. I don't know what y'all be doing. Because you ain't here and you ain't at work. So I be thinking, that's probably why you're getting in so much trouble all year. But I was a radical for Christ growing up. In my 20s, my teens, my 30s, my 40s and stuff, I was a radical for the Lord. And y'all, some of y'all didn't know me then, so you don't know that this is how you're supposed to live. You think church is just an addition to your schedule and not the whole reason why you do everything else. 
right? And so the year of reformation was supposed to reestablish your mindset as real disciples of Christ, making what? More disciples, right? Rather than sitting here in the pews, getting fed about how your life could be better and best, and you do nothing with that but improve your life. And maybe if the Holy Spirit has somebody cross your path, you'll minister to them. We got to wait for somebody to cross your path. When the Lord came and found you, came looking for you, or we got to wait for somebody to cross my path. So this year, you know, we're going to be out where people are every Saturday. Hello? Amen. This month coming up in January, we'll be praying for a harvest of souls every Saturday morning. Every leader is expected to be there. It is mandatory for you. Yes. Now, when I say mandatory, what am I going to do if you don't show up? Fire you? Probably not. Who's going to take your spot? Me. I don't want that. So thus, when I say mandatory, I'm telling you this has the authority of the Father on it because I have no other authority but to say it. Because I can't get you to do nothing, but he can. So it is mandatory for all leaders because you don't win souls without prayer. It just doesn't happen. You just don't. Prayer comes first. Intercession comes first. Then you develop the heart that is open and receptive for what God wants to do. Amen? Amen. So with that, I had to sell that to the leadership team. Now I sold it to you, and it looks like everybody bought it. Um, But it goes in line with what I think the theme for next year is, for 2024. Uh Uh-huh. And that theme is the word made flesh. The word made flesh. You can kind of see where it's going, can't you? Off, off the top, you know. The word made flesh. We out here bringing Jesus to people in our flesh, you know, bringing it to them. The word made flesh. He, he got us going in a great direction, guys, okay? I cannot plan this kind of stuff. He'd be doing it. I'd be like, oh, my God, you is like the master at this. Dearly, I mean, truly, what else could he be, right? He just orchestrates things so wonderful. I'm just so happy to be on his team. Amen. 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 <laughs> I do. I'd be like, yes, my team rocks. <laughs> I'll be riding on everybody else's coattail. <laughs> come on, Michael. Come on, Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get up. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Ooh, somebody's tired. Mm-mm. <sighs> John chapter 16. John chapter 16, as I kept prefacing toward the end of last year, uh, this year, I kept saying, we're going to look at some science. Back in 2018, we looked at a lot of science and a lot of math. It got so tense, people was like, I don't want to go to this church no more, and they dipped. Because for some reason, trying to use brain power is not what people come to church for. They don't come to church to use their brain. They come to church to use their feelings. (laughs) And they get a rude awakening when I make you think. And tell you something wrong if you're not thinking. Tell you something wrong if you're not reading. If something is wrong with you, 
your life is not together, right? You don't like to think. Y'all shut down after two thoughts. Uh, you know what? Forget it. Pass me the bottle. Man, that's too stressful. Give, give, me, give, me, that, give me that joint. I mean, you literally seek things to numb you from actually solving problems in your life. And then when the high come down, the problem's still there. So you're going to just keep doing this over and over again. You're never going to like your life. Because that's the thing you have stewardship over. And you ain't growing nothing with it. Hmm. That's not my point. John 16. Are you there? All right, so this is Jesus talking to the apostles, and he is really preparing them for his um, crucifixion, right? And uh, he starts off, I'm going to read the entire part starting at verse 16, because you got to hear it in order to really see the context. I'm afraid if I chop it up in bits for time's sake, you won't really get the tone. Amen? Amen. So Jesus starts off saying, he says, a little while and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while and you will see me. Some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while you will see me. <laughs> and because I am going to the father. So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? How long? <laughs> we do not know what he is talking about. <laughs> Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you're asking yourselves? <laughs> what I meant by saying a little while you will see, he will not see me. And then again, in a little while, he will see me. <laughs> That's how you know the Bible real. Cause don't nobody make up a story like this. If you're trying to convey some master plot, you don't put some stuff in here like this. Jesus said, a little while, I'm gonna be, you're not going to see me. Then in a little while after that, you're going to see me again. And the disciples like, what is he talking about? And Jesus like, I know y'all over there trying to figure out what I'm talking about, ain't you? Nobody puts that in a... So he says, is this what you're asking? They was like, yeah. <laughs> Verse 20, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Verse 23, in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father, ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I did not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father, 
and have come into this world, and now I am leaving this world and going to the Father. Stop right there. It's an intense conversation. He's been giving them hints, you know, if the Son of Man be lifted up, you know, I'll draw them into me. He, he's been trying to tell them in, in, in figures of speech and examples that this is, he's going to leave. And now he's flat out telling them, I came from God, I'm leaving here, going back to God, and I'm going to come back. And, and in a minute they're going to say, okay, now you're finally telling us. The issue here is they still don't know the timing because he said a little while. Now, one of the little whiles, we already know when he left, between that conversation and when he actually departed, that was truly a little while, yeah. right? But the time from when he departed and we wait on him to come back, that has not been a little while. So it's safe to say that when he says a little while, it has nothing to do with our time. Ain't, you know, none of our measurements, right? None of them. Because a little while, if it is a couple of days or a week or so, it cannot also be a couple thousand years. But to him, both is a little while. I'll tell you what. <laughs> same, same. That's why y'all be like, when, God? I'd be like, you was asking the wrong one, the wrong questions. <laughs> when he answered you, you still ain't going to know. He's going to be like, in just a minute. <laughs> You're going to be 85. <laughs> I'm pregnant in just a minute. <laughs> oh, focus, focus. Oh, my God. <laughs> focus. His disciples said, ha. Now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Exclamation point. <laughs> now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone for the father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Whew. It's tough. It's tough. I'm going to go. It's going to be very painful. You're not going to like it. I'm going to come back. You're going to be very happy about that. It's all going to be in a little while. And it, it's like your dad got to get cigarettes and never come back. <laughs> he said he'll be back in a little while. You still waiting? <laughs> Twenty years later. <laughs> That's funny, Daddy. <laughs> right? But it's been a little while. It's been a lot of little whiles. It's been a lot of little whiles. What I want to draw your attention to is something in this. He's telling his disciples, in that day when I leave and I return to you and I tell you everything plainly about your father, when that happens, you will no longer have to ask me to ask on your behalf. You get to ask God the Father yourself. Shut my mouth. All these years, they've been afraid to talk to God. The mountain smoking, clouds firing, ground trembling, earthquake. Ah! And now, come on, ask me. I can approach you. Yeah. And Jesus says, after this, when that day comes, 
you're going to know that the father loves you. There will no longer be any question about whether he's out to get you. If he's the big bad God that's trying to look for your demise, that he really does love you. And when you know that, now you can approach him. He said, you don't have to get me. I will know I'm going to say, Father, can you do this for them? You can just ask him for yourself. And whatever you ask him, he'll give you. This part, problematic. Because I know people that have asked God for stuff and they did not get it. Now, I have not been that foolish to ask God for anything that he didn't want me to have. Yeah. Oh, Lord, can you please help me get a dog? Well, I got a dog. Lord, if it's you in your will, please, you know, let me get this house. But if it ain't, I understand. Only you know if that's good for me or bad for me. Apparently, it was good. Most of my requests have always been something my parents could actually do or something that even if I didn't get it, I completely understand that God would know why I shouldn't get it. And a part of me could even say, I know why I shouldn't get it. Right? But I never went to him and said, God, I'm asking for this car in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And I declare and decree, I'm going to have this car. See, when I say it like that, it sounds stupid, don't it? I prayed about it. God told me I'm going to have that car. Now I'm going to tell you, God, I'm going to have that car. You told me, ask whatever I will. Now this all is using a lot of scripture. But the context here is that when you ask God for something, it's because you know he loves you. I don't, never had to ask my parents for dinner. Never had to ask them to buy me some clothes. Never had to ask them to pay the light bill, give me some hot water, buy my school supplies. Never in the history of the child did I have to ask my parents for anything that I needed, and very seldom did I have to ask them for what I wanted. They just knew. They gave me a TV before I even knew I could have a TV in my room. Got me a phone in my own personal phone line as a teenager before I even realized that you're supposed to have one as your own as a teenager. Just like, this is your phone. For what? For your new line. My new line? Yeah, we got a new line installed in your room. To do what? To talk on the phone. Why can't I use this phone? Because you're a teenage girl, you need to have your own line. Oh. That's really how the conversation went. Oh. <laughs> right, them long, super long cords. I had my own line, they couldn't pick up and listen in, it was just mine. Right. They trusted me that much. Of course you would trust somebody that don't even know they need one. <laughs> well, she going to do nothing. Because <laughs> I literally thought, who going to call me? <laughs> Grandmama got y'all number. <laughs> now I figured out I got to get my number to people. <laughs> so we can talk on my new line. <laughs> y'all don't call me our parents' phone no more. Call me on my line. <laughs> They bought me my first secular CD, couple of them. They got my first CD player, my first couple of secular CDs. It was Brandy, Barry White, Tony Braxton. Huh? Yeah, yeah. 
And then they got me something I want, which was Yanni, a, a, a modern composer, which is really amazing. He's really good. They was like, all right, we'll give her that crazy stuff, but we're going to give her the rest of the cool music. I was like, I'm going to do it this. They was like, listen to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> My parents encouraged me to have a house party my senior year in high school. They left the house and said, we'll call you on our way back. What parent says, I'm gonna warn you when we coming back. Do you know how much trust your parent has to have to say you can have a whole house to yourself and then we're gonna call you to clean up anything and fix anything before we on your way, before we on our way? Now, I didn't even know, I thought this was normal. Then I met people like y'all, I'm like, oh, this is not normal. Y'all, y'all were some terrible children. <laughs> horrible. Y'all be like, oh, my parents were so bad. I'm like, I know why, because you was horrible. You was a horrible child. We had one dark room with the speakers on and the dark lights and everybody was hunching and, and dancing. And then I was friends with the geeks, so I had a whole geek room and everybody was watching movies, just not touching on nobody, just sitting there with their hands in their lap. So I had to, I had to play both rooms. <laughs> When you know someone, you don't have to ask. When they know you, you don't even have to ask. The father tells you, I said, why are you worried about stuff like this? I'll give you all these things. You just seek the kingdom. You just keep studying. You just keep going to school. We'll take care of everything else you might need as a teenager. And not, this is the love of my parents. They didn't just take care of what I needed. They looked for stuff that I didn't even know I wanted until I got it, like a Nintendo player, a Super Nintendo. With the, I didn't even know I wanted these things. And I got them. Oh, my God, this is so cool. I'm the coolest person in the neighborhood right now. Got the trampoline, coolest person in the neighborhood. I didn't even know I desired to be cool. Right? Right? <laughs> You say, what? No, make sure they look poor. You're going to look rich today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, daddy. <laughs> so when Jesus is telling them the time is coming where you don't have to ask me to ask him, you can just walk up to him yourself and ask him for whatever you want. And he knows you so well that whatever you're asking for, you really know is needed. When I first met Dr. Smith a long, 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 long time ago, I went to his house. He was traveling in Minnesota, and I was at his house. I know, weird. For like three weeks, he was on the road, on the road, off the road, on the road, off the road. And so he would come back. He'd give me some money. He'd be like, here's a couple hundred dollars. Do whatever you need to do. The keys to the bins is right here. I'll be back next week. <laughs> Every week this went down, and every time he came back, there was always something new in his house for him. I never needed anything, so I never bought anything for myself. I didn't think, let me go and get some jewelry, let me go and get some new clothes. I looked at his house and said, this is a man's house. He ain't got no paintings on the wall. He ain't got no table settings. <laughs> and so I said, I'm about to have a good time. I'm about to buy all his table settings. <laughs> so every time he came home, it was always something new, and he couldn't believe that that's what I did with his money. When the Lord knows you and you know him, he knows whatever you're asking. Now, can you imagine going up truly 
to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, if you know him correctly, whose mind is solely dedicated to winning his children back and saying to him, dear father, please, please give me a car. Out of all the things that you could be asking him, you're going to decide to ask him for the thing that he knows you already need. And there's a reason you don't have it. But you're going to ask him for that rather than asking for help me to find something to say to my neighbor. Help me to find, figure out how to how do I reach this child over here. Help me to figure out how to bless this other person. Out of all the things you could ask. That's why I'm like, you ain't going to not my Lord. You can't be approaching my God because if you really see him and you know his heart, what's on your heart is not on his heart. Something's wrong. I don't ever remember praying for anything for myself. Very seldom. Because it's too much other stuff. And I truly trust that he has my back. Amen? Amen. That's not my point. My point is, <laughs> my point is, yes, you can ask anything in the name of Jesus. And he'll give it to you. Why? Because you know Jesus. You know the types of things that you should say in Jesus' name for. Please bring healing to my sister. Please bring healing to my brother. Please stop this war. Please feed these people. Please give me the strength to do more. Please, please. These are the things that you know Jesus did. And as a disciple, you're asking the father the same things that was on Jesus' heart. But if you're going to God asking for some stuff and not getting it, apparently your heart is not where it is or you are praying to the wrong God. Because there's a miscommunication here. Okay. So, Pastor, we ain't supposed to be wanting nothing. You can want all you want, but know that he will provide. I'm just telling you, in general, you don't have to waste prayers on that. Because that may not be what they're for. I have no accounts of Jesus going to pray for himself other than his death at the cross. And that was still for us. No accounts of that. He never said, well, when you're hungry, just make sure you pray to the Lord and he'll give you food. He said, no, he'll give you your daily bread. Just know it. Amen? Amen. He says, in the world you have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So if you're asking things in my name, then you know I have overcome the world. So whatever you need in times of tribulation, you too must know now you can overcome the world. That's a big deal. All right, still not hitting on nothing, but it's all right. I got more. <laughs> Go to John. John, are you already in John? Oh, 16. Go back to one. Go back to chapter one. Same book, earlier chapter. This understanding of kingdom and God's heart and praying and asking. I have prayed for things for God's kingdom and I've never not got it. Some of y'all are here because you're the thing that I wanted in God's kingdom and I never not got it. Some of y'all are free, not because of my prayer, but I just know when I prayed it, if the fact though, it still happened. I don't care why he gave it to me. I'm just glad he gave it to me. I've never not prayed for I, retreats, trips, healings. Never have I prayed for something in the kingdom and not received it. Because it's something about us sharing the same nature. Let's, let's look at this. Are you there, John chapter 1? Yes. Verse 1. 
beginning. <laughs> in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything <clears throat> made that was made. In him was life and the life of the light and the life was the light of men. You need to underline that. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. This is a very perplexing scripture. And again, why I think that Lazarus wrote this book. Because <laughs> he's got some insight that is completely otherworldly. He says, in the beginning was God, was the word, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. Where is that at? Down a little bit further. Do you guys see it? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Somebody help me. 13, 14 and 13. Okay. Yeah. 1 and 14. And down a little bit further, somewhere around 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Okay. Wait a minute. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Word. Words. Word was with God. Yes? And the word is now personified. And he was in the beginning with God. Who is this he? The same he that was the word that became flesh. Okay. This is science. I'm getting to it. Okay. Just, just, just listen to the scriptures first. The scripture is telling us that in the beginning was the word of God. All right. He was there from the beginning. He became flesh and dwelt here. But in him was all of creation, was made through him, and is held up by him, the word that became flesh. I ain't never seen words become flesh. And how is it that the word could take on bodily form, be in the creation, and uphold all the creation? And then go from there to here to there to here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's some tricky stuff. Now, how it happens is not as important as do you understand what he's trying to convey. Because God uses words that you do understand. Right? So he calls this being the word. What is a word? I'm so glad you asked. Let's look at the definition of a word. <laughs> yes? A word is a single, distinct, meaningful element of speech or writing used with others. A command, a password, a single word, one's account of truth, is a single and distinct conceptual unit of language comprising inflected and variant forms. A word, even the smallest amount of something spoken or written. So a word is the smallest form of communication either written or verbal yeah. all right we use words to tell other people what we're thinking mm -hmm. there's something in here that you cannot see and I use words to show you 
what's up here that you cannot see. And I could write it down or I could say it, but I use my words to show you who cannot read my mind what's in my mind. So in the beginning was everything that was in God's mind expressed. And everything that was in his mind has made everything that we're in and everything in the mind of God is keeping everything running and everything in the mind of God put on flesh. It's interesting. It's interesting. That's a word. That's a word right there. Going back to John for a second. He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And why is the word God? Because if there's no deceit or lie in you, everything in your mind is truly who you are. So your thoughts are you. Because there's no division. So the word was God. Amen. He's not separate from what he thinks. And words are what he thinks expressed. Right? Okay. The beginning was the word and he was in the beginning. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. See, now you're going to mess me up. I thought I was on to something. I thought I was going down the right path. Words, 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 expression of words. And then you hit me with the life and light. That's how he does this, ain't it? He's trying to tell us something. But we have to break away from our traditional thought of confusion. <laughs> like, I don't know, it means something, <laughs> you know. He the light of the world. Okay, stop preaching that. Just <laughs> what is he trying to communicate to us? Because he's using words that we understand, but yet we do not understand him. So let's slow down. Okay. In him was life. In the word was life. And life was the light of men. <sighs> okay, I know what life is. I ain't got to look that up. Stuff moving around. Living, growing, doing stuff, you know. Okay, got life. Light. So sunshine. Mm. Might be a little bit more complicated. Let's take a look. Let's look at the word light. Just in basic English. No Hebrew or Greek. Light is the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. Light is a natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. In order to see light, you have to have the sensing mechanism to see light. Light can be present, but if you don't have eyes that work, you cannot see light even though light is all around you. And there are three types of light. There's a light you can see, there's a light that's darker than you can see, and there's a light that's uh, lighter than you can see, right? Yeah. So even though you got eyes, there's still certain lights that you cannot see physically, right? Certain light waves is above you and it's beneath you. 
but you have a sensing, sensory mechanisms that God has designed in your body, right, to actually see and sense light. Now, for us, we need light to know and understand physical life. If you put me in a room in pitch black darkness and nothing moved and I didn't change and I didn't move, I would have no concept of what? Light or what? Life. Life. Time. What day is it? How long have I been sitting here? You don't know. You have no idea. If you didn't age, you just sitting there in that room with no other stimuli. You have no idea whether time is passing or not. Everything that we have to perceive the world around us needs light. Okay? It all does. So light is, is something that is designed in this creation that God has given us in our creation the ability to sense. So now if the word was with God and the word was God and the word is light, then he has to give us eyes so that we can perceive him and have life. Yes. Eyes that can't perceive light have no life. Make sense? It just doesn't work. So he had to give you an ability to see him. Still a little confusing. Let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. So let me see if I'm going to go to protons yet. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> light. <laughs> light is made up of particles called photons. Okay. Now, all matter is made up of particles, atoms, neutrons, electrons, protons, quarks, all those other little things given lower and smaller, so they think, okay? But all of matter, what is matter? Anything that has mass and takes up space. If you take up space in this realm, you are also taking up time because their space-time goes together. So mass is anything that, I mean, so matter is anything that has mass and takes up space. The thing about light is they can't say light is matter because light are tiny particles of photons and they have no mass. So you made life from something that has nothing. <laughs> you made matter from something that has nothing, has no mass whatsoever. And you use something that has no mass in order to reveal the things that have mass. Hmm. Yes. All right, science, 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 science. <laughs> the thing about light, it has no mass, but it can carry energy between things with matter. Light can transfer energy between two things that matter or two things that are of matter. Light can take energy from him and transfer it to her. 
Light can do that. Your microwave, light. Your oven, light. Your light bulb, light. It's all just a transfer of one piece of energy from matter. Light takes the energy of one matter and transfers it to another matter. But it itself is not matter. It has no mass. It is not matter. But it shows everything that is matter. Right? And it is a, the transport of anything that needs life from one vessel to the other. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You hungry? You need food. Eat the food. You need to heat it up. You need the stove to heat it up. Once you get it in your belly, you start burning calories. You can use the food because you just can't eat it like I got it. It's got to break it down, burn it up, use it, metabolize it. Then that turns into calories, you know, which is a caloric count of how much energy is used to move your body. Apparently, all of life needs energy. Yes? They need energy. That energy is transferred back and forth around everything from what? Light. light. So truly, light upholds everything that was made and nothing was made apart from it and it upholds everything that we see just on the physical yes okay 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 how you doing all right now the light became the life of men that's tough but we'll show that in a minute go to genesis Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. When you're there, say amen. amen. In the beginning, John is truly using the verbiage from this beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I need the rest of that verse. <laughs> then God said, let there be what? Light. light. And there was light. Hello? And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. That makes sense. Let there be light. Boom, there's light. Makes sense to me. Morning time, sun's up. Sunset, nighttime. Boom, separate the concepts of light and dark. Shows it by rising the sun, you know, and then setting the sun, giving us the moon, night, dark. Yes, got it, light, night perfect except this light and darkness was formed on the first day go to verse 26 no verse not 26 yet go to verse 14 you see that are you there Amen. then God said let there be lights in the firmament of heaven of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of heavens to light the earth and it was so then God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night he made the stars also what is he talking about the sun and the moon 
God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it and said it was good. So the evening and the morning were the what? Fourth day. We can't say that this is a repeat because he, 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 he numbered the days. On the first day, he created light, separated light from dark, called the light day and the darkness night. And, and that was the beginning of the first day. This, this night and this day is lit by something and it still counts the passing of time. Y'all don't want to help me today. Y'all are not trying to help me. Listen. Listen. Listen to what the word of what God is trying to show you. This is the thing. In order to receive this, it's going to take the spirit of God. I could preach it all you want without the spirit of God trying to reveal it to you. You're not going to get it. So why don't you do this? It is not my responsibility to make sure you understand. It is the spirit of the Lord's responsibility to teach you what the words that I give you. So maybe you need to concentrate on the spirit of the Lord revealing secrets to you. And some of y'all, he has deemed worthy enough to know some secrets and Satan about to rob you. I shouldn't have to do cartwheels to keep you awake. You've been looking forward to this night for a long time. So have I. And at first I was like, I know God about to tell us something. And I didn't even know what it was. I could just tell he was prepping me for something. On that day, I'm going to give you something. Blam. It's going to like blow your mind. I was like, oh, he's going to give us something. That's all I can say. Oh, next year we're going to be looking at some stuff, y'all. It's going to be some stuff. It's going to be about science. And that's all I had. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I was just walking out on faith. I just know. By the time I got up, I fell asleep between services. <laughs> I got up at 9 o'clock. Oh, oh, Lord Jesus. I was like, oh, God, I done messed up. He said, did you? Nah. Nah, you know I'm tired. And he's sweet. He's like, baby, I got you. You needed that little 45 minutes. It's cool. And he just started pouring it out. I was like, mm, mm, mm. yeah, oh my, I was on the car going, oh my God. Oh my, we about to hit him with this tonight. It's like laying out your school clothes. Oh, I'm about to bust it on him tonight, Lord. Two different days. The first day, a night, and a day. A darkness and a light. <laughs> Something is lighting the day yeah. and is constituting it as time. Because yeah. that was the morning of the first day. Now, I mean, one thing you told me was just spiritual. You understand? Like, it was metaphorical, right, for Jesus. But then why is it counting? <laughs> why is it counting days if it's just metaphorical? And then you roll around and hit me with the other one. In the latter verse, the 14, then he creates the stars, the moon, and the sun and calls them to rule over the day and night. And then rule over the day. He's ruling over me. The sun and the moon is ruling over me. It just might be. 
And what it said, this light and this lesser light to rule over the earth. To rule over the earth. That could include you or it could not. Ooh. <laughs> Genesis 1:26. Y'all ready? Wait, before we go there. God said, let there be what? Light, and there was. It's something in that phrase. God said. Okay. It's one thing to have a word in your mind. It's something totally different when you say it. If it's in my mind, no one is really affected by what's in my mind. But for some reason, when I say what's on my mind, all kinds of things are affected. What is sound? What is sound? Sound is sound, Pastor. No, duh, Sherlock. Is the stuff that you hear, uh, duh. Sound. In physics, sound is defined as a vibration that propagates as an audible wave of pressure through a medium such as a gas, liquid, or solid. In physics, the sound is defined as a vibration that propagates as an audible wave of pressure through a medium such as a gas, liquid, or solid. Sound waves are, are characterized in three different types, which are the ones you can hear, the ones you can. What this definition of sound is saying is just like light is a wave, sound is a wave, but sound requires a different type of sensing, right? And this type of sensing, rather than projecting images on the back of, a, of the screen in your eyeball and photons moving around, rather than that, the sound waves hit a membrane, yeah, right? And the, it's, it's a wave, and then it hits your membrane, yeah, and it causes a wave in your membrane, mm -hmm. and you call that sound. And every sound tells you something different, yeah. right? The cat crossed the street. Every last one of those was a different wave that hit the membrane in your ear. If your ears don't work, there could be sound waves everywhere and you wouldn't even know it. Even when your ears work, there are again sound waves that you can hear and sound waves that you cannot hear. There are sound waves above you and sound waves so beneath you. Hmm. Hmm. So the, the idea of a sound wave, when someone says a word, is that what they're thinking comes out of their mouth as a vibration, bypassing sight, not needed, sight, not needed, sight, not needed. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The gospel is preached 
Okay, hold on. So the nature of sound, it's a wave, right? Now it has to pass through in order for it to be detected, sensed. It has to hit something and interact with that other thing. Light can be light and it don't have to hit nothing. It's still going to be light. Sound is only effectively received if it also affects the medium to which it hit. You did not hear a sound unless your ear, your member of your body was affected by that sound. You didn't hear it if you weren't affected. If you were affected, then you heard it. But if the sound you never caused you to be affected, you never heard. The Bible says you listen, but you don't hear. He said you got eyes, but you can't see. I created all these other sensings that exist in you. But you not picking up what I'm putting down. Good, Woo. So now when God said, let there be light, right? And it was light. What was in his mind reverberated from him, impacted some type of medium, and caused things to start changing. Where was this gas, liquid, or solid that was affected? The verse later tells us, and the spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. Y'all don't want to help me. Hovered over the face of the deep. Y'all don't want to help me today. That's why water and living water is so important. Y'all not trying to help me preach today because the spirit of the Lord is that sound. Y'all not, that thing that is reverberating, that when it impacts another medium, things change. That's why you start quaking and shaking under the power of God. Something in you is reverberating to a sound that your ears didn't really hear. Yours didn't hear that, but something heard it. Something heard it. Your body like I know, because I'll be praying with you. You'll be like, sometimes I just fall down. Golly. I don't think I can stand up. You probably can't. Go down. Somebody going to catch me? You don't have to. Just to sit down. <laughs> Catching you is for when you, you, it caught you off guard. Yeah. You feel this, you have your warning. <laughs> That's your warning. Get down. Body is under pressure. There's some type of pressure hitting your body. <laughs> Stable yourself. No, it's, I don't know what that is. It's God. Amen. So now, now watch this. Now look at this. Anytime the spirit of the Lord was used to create or recreate the word of God, water was present. The spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep. The Holy Spirit overshadowed the water in Mary's womb. Jesus was baptized and came up out of the water. Anytime the spirit of the Lord is manifesting what God said from the beginning, he's showing it with water as a thing that is, is affected. Jesus walking on water. The storm's raging on water. Peter walking on water. There's something that can be affected. And sometimes you don't even see it, but you look at that water, that water is moving. There's something there. The pool of the Bethesda stirring. You didn't see it, you can't hear it, but you're looking at this water, something is happening. The baby leaped in my belly, something is happening. So he said something, right? He said it. 
Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, says the Lord. It shall not return to me empty or void, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. It's one thing to read the word of God. Some of you go home and be like, I read that same scripture. I never saw it like that. Because God didn't speak it to you. <laughs> what you've just experienced is God speaking to you the thing that you read. And when you read something, it's going into your mind. It could affect your emotions. But when you hear it from God, whatever he says to you reverberates in your entire being. Because that's the nature of his words. He used them to create. When he says it, every medium hits it and feels it just because he spoke it. He speaks things that are not as though they were. Just speaking it makes something come from nothing. But whatever was in his mind shows up right in front of our eyes. So when God speaks to you in a message, he's talking to you with power. There's a possibility that all of your insides could be changed with just one word. Just one word. You over here trying to resist it. You dumb. You need to take this. Don't you want change? Pray that this is the word for me. Please let this be the sermon for me. Speak a word over my life. Speak to my heart, oh God. You don't really know what the word be doing. So when God spoke it, what did he speak? He spoke, let there be light, and there was light. But this is not the light that was designed to light the earth. This was a different type of light. This light has been personified. This light is called the word of God. This light is called the word made flesh. This light is called the word made flesh, the son of God, the light, the way, the truth, the word made flesh. This light is different. This light determines night and morning. But it determines it to some other sensing. You got to have a different sensing to see this light. Now, everybody on earth has eyes to sense the sun, the stars, and the moon. That determines our day. Yeah? The sun comes up, you go, it's time to wake up. Some of y'all rebellious, I ain't getting up. <laughs> the sun gets to noon, time to have lunch. The sun goes down, time to go to bed. It would appear to me that some of us are ruled yeah. by the functions of the sun and the moon. Yeah. It would appear to me that they dictate seasons, rains, Summer, winter, fall, which means they dictate what you eat, when you eat, how you eat. Some of us are under the ruling of that sun and that moon. The earth is ruled by that. Flowers, the sun come up, sun go down. Animals, sun come out, sun go down, right? But John comes around and tells us, 
in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The word that was a sound that created is now the, the light that creates, empowers, moves, grows, and upholds everything. It's the spiritual son. <laughs> S-O-N. <laughs> it truly is. But there's only a cup. There's, there's not everybody is ruled by that son. Some of us are only ruled by the earth. I'm, I'm going to show it to you. Hello? Amen. Scientists and physicists have, have, have determined that space and time had a beginning. Right? They, they used to say it was always here. Now they're like, that was dumb. We, we can clearly see it was not always here. <laughs> it had a beginning. Yes? And if it had a beginning, then matter had a beginning. And now they're trying to find the singularity, the one thing. All of this beginning had to start with one thing. And now, after four years of study, they say this one thing could not be within that thing. It had to be outside of time in order for it to make time, space, and matter. We always knew that. We've been knew that, right? They're just now having equations that say, yeah, there was one thing that created everything, but the one that created the everything, the one thing that made everything was outside of all of this. We know. And everything they described that this entity would have to have is exactly how we describe God. He's outside of time. He can be in all places. He's all powerful. He knows all things. I'm like, yeah. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an intelligent being is the only one that can produce intelligent things. A being of consciousness is the only thing that can create another being of consciousness. So we cannot come from dirt because dirt doesn't have any consciousness. So you can't, a a piece of dirt can't make an intellectual. Right? Okay. Where was I? Mm -hmm. So no one comprehends. First Corinthians. Chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. When you're there, say amen. First Corinthians chapter two, verses 11 through 13. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The reality is unless you're born again, There's no way 
you can see. The only thing you're capable of seeing is the sun, the moon, and the stars, and what it lights up. You can't see the other day. You can't perceive that light. There's a light that created this light. This is the lesser of the lights. There's a light that created those lights. The light and all these things are upheld in this light. This light, which is Christ, the word of God, is actually where you get life from. See, now this is the thing about Christianity. Christianity says, if you want to see this light, have sensing for this light, the first one, in chapter 1, verse 1 of Genesis, then you have to die to everything here. You have to let go of everything here that you hold dear as life in order to actually see the life and light over here. See, Christians, we don't wake up because the sun rises. We don't go to bed because the sun sets. Hello, somebody. It's morning when the Holy Spirit wake me up at 5 o'clock and say, get up, baby, and start praying. Oh, it's morning for me. As Christians, we don't eat because it's dinner time. What they got to do with anything? The Lord say, turn over your plate. I'm not hungry. It's not time to eat. Y'all don't want to help me. As Christians that see the light, we're running by a completely different system. And this worldly system is not what judges and rules over me. I don't care if it's daytime. I don't care if it's nighttime. I don't care if it's a famine. Whether the fig got trees or whether the tree got figs or not, if it's time to eat, I'm going to eat. If it ain't time to eat, I'm not going to eat. It has nothing to do with this realm and everything to do with that realm. Why? Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There is a realm that God has called you to live in that you can sense only spiritually. It's this light, the first one, that made all the lesser. When death entered the world, it entered there. It never entered here. So if you want to see him here, you have to take the punishment of death here. So we as Christians say, I'm going to die to myself right now just so I could hear and see everything that God wants to clearly and freely let me see. He wants you to actually. Let me see. Let me. This, I'm going to close with this because this is what the Holy Spirit just keeps bringing to my attention. And I told the story again. Maybe it might help you guys again if you see it. I pray. And then we can go home. The mystery that the Father is trying to reveal to you is the realm to which you really live in. And it's not this one. It's just, it's just not. When the Lord and I were discussing some stuff about this other world, we know it exists, most of us, 
all of us in here that are believers know it exists. But we do not live in it and we don't sense it. And he said that he wants you to live in it. We feel like that's for a chosen group of people. A super spiritual selection of people. What he says is, it's going to be too hard for you to endure this and accomplish my will if your residence is here. It's very hard for you to accomplish the will of God if your residence is here. You can only accomplish his will if your true residence is over here with this light. The real light that requires a sensing. When I was talking to the Lord about these things, some, this and some other stuff, this was the beginning of where I'm taking you by, in Jesus' name, <laughs> is, is the idea that God is, when you see in that realm, when you see him, and I, I don't even mean to say realm, what? <laughs> you know how you hear my voice? I can hear the voice of the father and he wants you to hear it too. Like as often as he says something, I can see things that are not here, but I see them so plainly in another way. And he desires the same for you. And I was talking to the Lord on my way here. I'm like, so what are we going to do? Jesus, we're going to make a whole bunch of people that's really going to be doing miracles and stuff. He was like, yeah, I was like, Well, let's do it. <laughs> I like, humble me, Lord. I ain't going to be the only one out here stunting on these folk. You know, humble me, Jesus, humble me. It's going to be a ton of people out here. Y'all going to be coming back saying, oh, man, I'm going to have people coming to church. Oh, Sister Mia prayed for me and I was healed. We're going to be like, oh, my God. You know, Sister, oh, my, I was praying with Sister Shahida and I got that job the next day. It ain't just going to be me. I just said, Lord, prepare my heart. You know, I'm going to be humble because it ain't me no more. Then what my job going to be? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he said, you have a seed in what they're doing. You can say, I got them some water. I fed them. I nurtured them. That's your part. And I was like, yes. Because if you ever got some water for a celebrity, you'd be like, oh, my God, I got them water the other day. I saw them. That's going to be me. <laughs> for y'all. Oh, my God, I know her. Like when she was little in Christ, you know, I was like feeding her the word. <laughs> and now she over here casting out demons and stuff. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you such and such pastor? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'll be made famous because of you. This is what he's trying to get you to see. So when the Lord and I were going through a lot of these things, we broke it down, and we're still breaking it down to small pieces. The first is understanding Light and creation and life, photons and mass and energy, that these are all physical things, right? But these physical things are generated from a word of God that reverberates in his creation and does what he says all the time. Now, couple this with when Jesus said to you, there's coming a day where you can ask stuff in my name. Put them two together. So you're just going to walk up to God, like, humbly, Father. 
um, I really need about $200 to give to this family. Um, I got some, I got 150 in my pocket. Um, I'm going to give this, you know, um, if you could just work it out for me because that's all I got. This has happened to me before. Somebody said they needed $200 in my congregation. I had 150. I was broke, right? It was like a couple months ago. Janai was a part of it. I said, I got 150. He was like, that ain't, that ain't enough. I was like, well, that's what I got. You can have it. He called me back and said the person that he had to pay to get his car out said 150 was fine. There's nothing I've ever asked for in the kingdom that I never got. Nothing. You're just not asking the right stuff. You got to stop worrying about you and start recognizing what light you're really in. And it ain't got nothing to do with this. Now, of course, he could say, well, I don't care about my car, but he's not there yet. He's not walking in that light yet. He can't see the trust and the love of God in the kingdom, but I can. So now I'm sent to send miracles, to reverberate and to manifest what God is saying in his life in any way possible, right? To be the word of God made flesh. Right here, he's going to say it to me, and I'm produce it in my flesh. It reverberated my spirit, and I produce it in the flesh. So when the Lord and I were talking about all this stuff, we got to some real sciencey stuff, okay? But the first is just understanding that when it comes to light, it's massless, okay? It has no mass, so it's not considered matter, but it energizes everything that is matter, mm-hmm. all right? So when it comes to that aspect of understanding where God and how he moves in the heavenlies and how that heavenly realm interacts with this realm, the Father is making it very plain that I'm not far, like that he is never far. And this was, uh, duh, everybody Christian say, oh, uh, yeah, he's never far. Have some more. Right, we all know that. But be honest. In your mind, don't you think, like, he'll be right there when I need him or when I'm praising him? But if I'm not praising him or needing him, he's really not there, even though he is there. Anybody ever think that? Like, no, it was just me. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not saying he's not present, like, around. I'm saying attention on you. Okay, for me, I felt like his eyes was on me when I needed him when I wanted to pray, when I wanted to talk to him, when I wanted to worship him, he inhabits my praise, you know. He's always here, so it's like I just got to hey, God, he'd be like, yes. Like a little genie, bloop, bloop, yes. <laughs> you know? Dear Lord, uh-huh, you know. And if I'm not dear lording, then he's not effectively with me. Because he got other stuff to do. He a busy God. And I ain't doing nothing but driving. Now I could talk to him and he'll listen. But ain't really nothing going on. I don't have his manifested presence there. That's what I thought. Because I don't need anything. Okay. Once we started understanding realms and minutes, he's probably way ahead of me on this. As he should, he's my dad, right? <laughs> when the Lord got done dealing with me, it became plain. Oh, no, 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 no. He is effectively 
with you at all times. He is consistently wanting to try to tell you something at all times. In every moment of the day, he is trying to communicate with you. And I was like, based on what you're showing me in this science stuff, and what they're discovering that is real, then this is really how you operate. You could actually do this. You could actually just be always like, yeah, what's going on? What's going on, Taliba? What, hey, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Watch out for that car. Hey, what's going on? I mean, just constantly right here. Not because I'm in a romantic mood or I feel like talking to Jesus. Just <laughs> like we do life together, side by side. I go to the store, we go into the store. Not in an oversight way, in a side-by-side -side way. And if you need to hear someone that's hungry, you'll hear it. If I need to point something out to you, you'll see it. All day. This happens to me all day. It's not because I'm great. It's because I can see. So I was talking to the Lord. This is the thing that happened. I was going to my chiropractor. I've told this story before. But this is, this is for some of you might be new. I was getting out the car, <clears throat> talking to him about this series next year. And I, when I was getting out the car, like if you could get this concept that there is, your life is really over here and not here. This, this is the matrix, babies. This is just the matrix. That's all this is. You're really living and seeing and hearing over here and doing things over here in order to get more people out <laughs> and over here. Right? All of God's creation was made in the word. When the word became flesh, that's Jesus became everything God had in mind. And I thought to myself, how is he holding everything you had in mind? And it made sense in Christ, in Christ. This is dead. What God spoke is in Christ. If you want his original intent for his creation, it's in Christ. You have to be in him, duh, for salvation, but you got to be in him in order to participate in the life God had originally designed for us. Because death hit this world. It's dying. This ship is going down. Right? If you're over here with him, this is where you're really living. And the funny thing is, this is where real life is. But if you ever have any problems over here, all you got to do is ask. All you got to do is ask. All you got to do is ask. You know how much I, I asked for that retreat? <sighs> Every day was another problem, right? Lord, this is what we need. And I knew he was going to give it to me. I knew it. But I was like, if you want me to ask, I'll ask. Just so we got proof, I'm asking you. But I know you're going to do it whether I ask or not, because this is on your heart. All right, so when I was talking to the Lord about what we're going to look at for the rest of the year, how real that world is, and like how, like how Taylor puts it, how fake this one is. This one is made up of nothing. Like atoms are mostly empty space. Mm -hmm. 
So even what you think is real is mostly empty, 90% empty space. So where exactly is the reality? Where is what's real? And is it possible that God has given you a sensing spiritually to see and to hear what is real? And Satan will much rather keep you trapped in what is dying, dead, and not living. Because in order to hear over here, you've got to act like this is irrelevant. Right? But if you act like I got to get everything I can get, live my best life, you, you, you're not going to be able to hear this. You're not going to be able to see it. You're not going to be able to feel it. It's going to be like a foreign language to you. You'll know it's something important, but you won't quite know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So when me and the Lord were talking about this, I got out of my car. I was going to the chiropractor. And I, was out, I got out of the car, opened the door, mm-hmm. closed the door, and a butterfly flew and landed on the back of the car. And I said, oh, look at that pretty black butterfly. And it was if the Lord right there said, now do you think that butterfly just showed up for no reason? So I said to him, if what you've been telling me and showing me is true, that you are right here, always trying to communicate always trying to let me see and hear what you're doing and how I need to participate and where I need to go, what I need to do, make a left, make a right, everything. Then this butterfly knows it. He knows you. He knows me. He knows your plan. And he knows it so well that if I put my finger out, he's going to get on my finger. This is three minutes after he got on my finger. This is how long this butterfly was on my finger. He was on my finger so long, I walked around the parking lot, came back. Look at me, I'm trying to shake him off. And I'm like, all right, I get it, Lord. <laughs> I get it. The butterfly, I was literally doing like this. Look, ain't going nowhere. I said, well, maybe I put him back on the car. He'll kind of like walk back on the car. He's like, uh-uh, look, look, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh-uh. I'm on a mission. I'm going to do what my Lord say. (laughs) Do you see this? Do you see this? And I'm just like, and he start crawling up my arm in a minute. You're going to see, it tickled. So I'll put it on Instagram. I had to make it short. And I didn't tell the background. But this was in real time of what we were talking about. Isn't that crazy? It's transformation, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at this. Oh, I get it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Look at this. And then finally, I stopped recording. All right. And I'm like, Lord, I got to go in. I'm about to be late for my appointment. (laughs) I said, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, so are are we in this? That set everything off for this next year. It confirmed everything I was reading and studying scientifically. It confirmed what he's doing in these latter years with this last generation. It made sense. 
you have to be able to hear and see reality. And this is not it. This is not it. You've got to see past this, through this, to what's really there. And it requires a different type of sensing, like compassion and love. And your heart has to be in tune with what everything is and how it operates over here. You just can't be over there just willy-nilly. I'm mad at you, but I'm here, God. No, 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 no. <laughs> Calm your spirit. Focus. Listen. Remove all fear. Are you worried? Shh. I was telling Cece today. She's like, well, what do you do if you ever get nervous about what God or something? I was like, I don't get nervous about nothing. <laughs> Anxiety and faith don't go together. A person that really sees God cannot have problems with anxiety. They don't go together. When I get my medicine, they be like, oh, so you deal with depression and anxiety? I said, no, depression. Every day. And anxiety too? No. You sure you don't be worrying that sometimes bad things are going to happen? No, not at all. <laughs> I don't deal with anxiety. How could, look at him. Look at him. Who? could be afraid of anything here when you see him. And it's not for me, it's for you too. You need to have experiences like this. And that's the only reason he's showing them is so you can have them. So you can say, Lord, are you really like that? Show me, let me hear, let me see. And you know what happens when you do that? You start moving with so much boldness when you see people in need. You're like, hey, what you need? Say less, I got you. It's like, oh, I know we're about to do this. I met Shantia. I was like, what you need? She said, I need this, that, and the other. I was like, your whole life about to change. Confident in God as a mug. Like, ain't no way it's not about to go down. I don't even care how much you got faith. You don't even have to have faith. There's miracles that God did that that person even had no faith. It is not about how much faith you have. It's about who I know, and I know him, and he's always answered my prayers when it came to his babies. Amen. And people are like, oh, when I met you, I'm like, oh, it ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> it's who I know, and I know his heart. And the only thing I'm trying to say is I know him so confidently, and now I need my members to know him that confidently. <laughs> that you'll take big risks for people really show up in people's lives, really do things that are difficult, really press through and persevere because you see and hear how Satan attacks on one side. You got to do your job. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to manifest the word of God in the flesh. Standing all over the house.